Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first weekly episode of HR Works COVID-19 update. We will be publishing these shorter episodes every week with the goal of covering employment law issues surrounding COVID-19. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to join us. I am the host of HR Works, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. We are pleased to have an employment attorney, Jonathan Luke, with us today to discuss the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, or the FFCRA for short. Jonathan is an attorney at DeMuro Ginsburg, PC, Attorneys at Law, operating out of Virginia. He is a nationally recognized authority on the Americans with Disabilities Act and is the author of two treatises published by Matthew Bender Company, Americans with Disability Act, Employee Rights and Employer Obligations, and American with Disabilities Act, Public Accommodations and Commercial Facilities. He lectures nationally on the Americans with Disability Act and other employment law topics. He is a member of the editorial board for the Bender's Labor and Employment Bulletin and a member of the editorial advisor board at Employment Law 360. Mr. Mook has been listed in Who's Who in American Law and Who's Who of Emerging Leaders in America. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Jim, for having me. And uh, to talk about today the very interesting topic of the recent federal legislation, uh, the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, or the FFCRA for short. Absolutely. It's a, it's an important topic, and I think employers are happy to get whatever guidance they can. Um, to get started, I just should just ask you what the purpose of the FFCRA is and, and what does it do? Okay, well, I guess uh, simply put, um, it was a initial effort uh, by Congress um, to help alleviate the economic havoc uh, that has swept the country and, in fact, the world caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. And on um, March 18th, uh, Congress passed the FFRCA. It was signed in the evening by President Trump um, to basically provide some necessary and needed paid leave for employees to help them during the during these very troubled times and um, in order to cope with the various demands uh, upon employees due to the uh, coronavirus and its effects both on the health and welfare uh, of everyone in this country. Um, and, And sort of simply put, the FFCRA established two new types of paid leave for employees. Um, First was expanded FMLA leave, uh, a statute that probably most of our listeners are familiar with, the Family and Medical Leave Act. And then second, in order to provide emergency paid sick leave for employees. And additionally, Um, recognizing that it was creating uh, entitlements for employees in order for um, funding of paid sick leave, Congress um, included in the statute for private businesses um, tax credit assistance in in paying for the newly created paid leave entitlements. Um, and, and with that assistance, 
private employers will be eligible to receive a tax credit uh, in connection with and to reduce their normal payroll tax filings that uh, employers have to make every quarter. Um, great. Um, thank you for answering that. Uh, I understand that there are some eligibility requirements. Do you mind going over those? Yeah. Um, I guess just in general, the FFCRA applies to uh, private employers with fewer than 500 employees. Um, those in some ways are viewed by the federal government as smaller employers. And, um, and, and it applies as well to pri public sector employers um, that must um, satisfy the requirements of the statute. And for employees of those employers who are covered by the statute, um, employees who are eligible uh, under the FFCRA will be entitled to up to two weeks of fully paid or partially paid paid sick leave for COVID-19 related reasons. And additionally, employees who have been employed for at least 30 days prior to a leave request that they may make uh, may well be eligible for up to a, an additional 10 weeks of partially paid expanded FMLA leave. So they're kind of two interrelated components, the paid sick leave, as well as the expanded family and medical leave um, that provide um, paid leave in qualifying circumstances. Got you. And uh, you mentioned that they had to be COVID-19 related reasons. Um, what are the qualifying reasons for leave? Okay, well, basically the statute sets forth uh, six qualifying reasons, and all of them must be related uh, to the COVID-19 pandemic, either health-related reasons, um, reasons pertaining to the closing of various types of facilities, as well as reasons pain, um, pertaining to the um, stay-at-home, uh, shelter-in-place, quarantine or isolation orders that various governmental entities have entered. So kind of more specifically, uh, in order for an employee to be qualified for the type of FFCRA leave that Congress recently passed, the employee must be able to work, and this would include telework um, in certain circumstances where that is possible. So the employee must be able to work either at the facility of the employer or unable to telework for one of six reasons. And let me just go through those um, because well, I'm going to be coming back to those later when we get into some further exploration of the more the nuances of the FFCRA. The first is where an employee is subject to a governmental, be it federal, state, or local government, quarantine or isolation order related to COVID-19. And the Department of Labor, which enforce, interprets and enforces the FFCRA, has said, has issued a regulations that broadly interpret what is a 
quarantine or isolation order beyond a simply a specific medical or uh, related reason quarantine or isolation order directed at a particular person. Let's say uh, those individuals um, who were rescued from some of the cruise ships uh, earlier uh, in, uh, in March. Um, to all uh, those who would be affected by a shelter-in-place or stay-at-home order. So it's a very broad sort of definition of what is a quarantine or isolation order to encompass uh, shelter-in-place and stay-at-home orders. The second reason is where an employee has been advised by a healthcare provider to self-quarantine related to COVID-19. Obviously, those would include situations where somebody has tested positive for COVID-19 or may have a family member or living with somebody um, who has been um, diagnosed as having COVID-19. So there, a healthcare provider would, uh, in the normal course, issue a stay-at-home self-quarantine order for the uh, employee. Uh, the third reason is where, let's say you have an employee who is starting to experience some of the well-known symptoms of COVID-19 and presently is seeking a medical diagnosis. So that employee certainly doesn't want to come into work, um, but uh, hasn't been diagnosed yet, but is actively seeking a medical diagnosis. The fourth reason would be where you have an employee who is caring for an individual that is subject to some type of stay-at-home isolation order or has been uh, quarantined uh, due to the uh, specifications of a healthcare provider. So that's caring for someone who comes within, in essence, uh, categories one and two that I previously have described. Uh, triggering event number five is one that's probably going to be the most common for our listeners, where an employee needs to stay at home to care for a son or daughter because that son or daughter's uh, daycare or school facility has been closed or where the normal child care provider of that son or daughter is unable due to COVID-related reasons, which could include a stay-at-home order uh, not to provide the childcare. Uh, and the last one is sort of the unknown kind of provision or triggering event. Congress did provide that because this is a very fast-moving situation, we're not quite sure what all the health-related ramifications of the COVID-19 pandemic are going to be that um, if there is some type of similarly situated condition, similar to what we are now experiencing as a result of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, the uh, Department of H Health and Human Services, HHS, can designate certain types of conditions that would also come within the requirements of the FFCRA. Um, HHS has not done that. Uh, as far as I know, there's no movement to expand the reach of the FFCRA beyond the 
COVID-related reasons or the COVID um, pandemic. So that one is just kind of a, a triggering event that is sitting out there, uh, which might be activated sometime in the future. Well, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to begin to explore the FFRCA with us. Oh, well, thank you, Jim. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. And uh, I'm pleased to speak with uh, our listeners about what is uh, such an important uh, statute that recently was passed by Congress in order to address at least some of the um, disruption that has occurred as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Absolutely. And listeners, uh, we are going to continue our conversation with Jonathan next week. So please check back uh, for the next episode of HR Works COVID-19 Update. Uh, We're going to be discussing more of the FFRCA, including new paid leave entitlements. Uh, We're going to talk about how the tax credits work, how it's enforced, uh, which is very important what notice employers must give employees and and just a a little bit more information in general. So thanks so much for listening today. Um, If you have any further coronavirus related employment law questions that you would want answered in one of these shorter episodes, uh, maybe not this one or the next one, but a little bit down the road, please feel free to email me at jdavis at blr.com. You can always follow us on Twitter at HR Works Podcast and uh, Thanks for listening. This is Jim Davis with HR Works.